Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You know, if you're watching me right now, it means that you're engaged in this time of fasting and prayer. You want to sit under the teaching of the word. And if that's the case, you're already on the right track because you want to hear instruction from the word of God in how to live and how to conduct your life and how to make decisions and how to treat people and how to approach the word. And so you're already understanding what the author of Proverbs is saying, that the fear of the Lord, seeking the Lord, uh, uh, having reverence for the Lord, living your life for the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. So if there's ever a point in which you feel like, I'm not sure what to do, and we're going to get to that in a second, you come to the, to the word of the Lord because God gives you instructions through his word. And it's interesting that the second part of the verse says that fools despise wisdom and discipline. So in other words, what, what is that saying? It means that people who are not wise, they don't want to hear instructions. Uh, you know, you have people who everybody thinks that they know everything. I'm going to tell you what, I, 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 if, this, if this crushes your, your dreams, I apologize. You don't know everything. <laughs> you know, we're, we're constantly learning. We're constantly growing. Um, you know, life is about, um, life is about progress. It's about not being the same person you were last year. You know, we're starting off a new year and I always say this, I'm not in competition with other people. I'm in competition with myself to improve upon who I was last year, to look over 2023 and say, things are going to be even better. I'm going to go to a new level in 2024. And how do you figure that out? By humbling yourself, by being teachable. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus being meek. Be meekness is not that, you know, you're, you're just, you're very like, oh, you're very soft and, and, and all, you know, you're very like, you're a wimp or you're weak. No, meekness is being teachable. Meekness is having the ability to say, no, I don't know everything. I haven't reached the highest pinnacle yet. I haven't figured it all out. So I still require instruction from the word of God and from ministers who preach the word of God. You know, you're going to go very far in life if you can realize and understand that there are people to learn from. And not that that means that, you, that everybody, um, yeah, obviously we have to be discerning and I'm going to continue to get to that um, in this broadcast. We obviously have to be discerning in who we're getting instruction from. But if it's based in the word of God, that's the start. Now, the rest of Proverbs chapter one, it's talking about warnings against rejecting wisdom. So obviously I would encourage you to read it on your own time if you haven't already, but I want to pick it up on verse 28. So these are all the results of what happens if you reject wisdom. If you say, no, I don't, I don't need to hear that. Um, I already know, you know, I, I, I've been a Christian for like three whole months. You know, I'm good. I'm covered. Um, <laughs> verse 28. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look to me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, 
Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So it's basically saying, if you're someone who pushes away the wisdom of God, if you're someone who pushes away the knowledge and understanding of God and choose not to fear the Lord, if you're someone who, you know, we're going to read later in Proverbs later on this month about how you trust in the Lord um, and lean not on your own understanding. So you're saying, no, my own understanding, no, that, that's not good enough. I don't want the wisdom that the world offers. I want godly wisdom. I want to know what God knows. I want to I want to emulate what Christ emulated. Live as Christ lived. That's what Paul said. And I love verse 33 when it says, whoever listens to me will live in safety. You know, another translation says the last part of the verse without dread of disaster. You know, I'm going to tell you, and I'm pretty sure that it's no secret uh, that uh, we're, you know, we have news kind of 24 seven. It doesn't it doesn't take much effort to see news of what's going on in the world and different events and different situations. There are a lot of people who are living in fear and living in dread over what's coming upon the world. What's going to happen next? What are they going to do to us next? Well, the Bible's letting you know if you listen to the wisdom of the word of God, if you listen to the instruction of the word of God, you can live without fear of harm, without dread of disaster. You will live in safety. That, that is a promise that you see in this word, that you see in Proverbs chapter one. Imagine the comfort that comes with that. That you're not somebody who's just living and, and, and you're, you're constantly worried and you're like, oh, well, what if this happens? And then, then, then the food supply is going to run out and then we're going to all have to live in, in, in concentration camps. And, you know, there are people who are, they're building bunkers under the Denver airport and they're all going to live there and we're all going to go. You're going to, I'm going to tell you what, there are, there, I, I'm going to say this. There are wicked people who are planning wicked things. When I'm going to make something very clear to you, you as a child of God are not one who is to live in fear of what might happen or to live in fear. Oh, you know what they're planning? I don't care what they're planning because I have a mission from God. I have a mandate from God. And Jesus said that, I, that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So don't think for one moment that there's something that's going to happen that all of a sudden, well, that's it. We're not going to be able to do anything anymore. Don't fall into that trap. Because if you're a person that seeks the Lord, if you're a person that fears him, if you're a person that chases after him, that wants everything. And like I said, you're engaged in fasting and prayer right now. And I, I'm also going to say this, you know, last night we had our first um, in-person prayer service. And um, there was every reason to not go last night. You know, we had the morning service and then we had our last meal, well, last meal, our, 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 our last lunch. Um, because regardless of what fast you're doing, you're not going to be eating lunch. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and also 
if you live here in Montreal, you would know it was snowing. Um, not really that bad, um, but it was snowing. So there's every reason to have not gone last night. Well, there's more services, I'll go to another one. But people came. Why? Because they're hungry for the Lord. Because they recognize and acknowledge that our prayers mean something. And I'm going to engage God during this time. I am going to be part of what's happening and I'm not going to let anything keep me away. I'm not going to let anything stop me. I am going to go all in. And that's what, if you do that. If you engage in what this word says, in the fear of the Lord, in seeking after him, then you're going to have exactly what verse 33 says. Whoever listens to me will live in safety, will be at ease. Friends, do you want to live at ease? I do. And you probably read that and think, how in the world could we be living at ease? You know, the, the inflation and the economy and the housing market and that, that, that. Okay, you, you could be a person who is in dread of everything. You could do that. That's your choice. Or you can be a person that says, my life is secure in the strong right hand of God. And it's a choice that I've made to put my life in his hands. To set that my feet are set on a solid rock that is Jesus Christ my Lord. And so let everything, you know, let them try. Let them try to come against me. Let them try to, to take something from me. But I know where my security is. And it's not in anything that this world offers. It's not in anything that the government can give me. It is all in Jesus Christ. It is all in God, the God of heaven and earth. And so if he's not worried about anything, neither should we. I want you to turn to James chapter 1 in keeping with this, this subject of wisdom. James chapter 1, and we're going to be reading the book of James uh, later in our reading plan, but I wanted to talk a little bit about it tonight. James chapter 1, starting at verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I, I need to stop there. When it's talking about trials, tr trials in this context is opposition for the sake of the gospel. Trials are not sickness. Trials are not, um, um, you know, I, 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 try to, I try to think of all the things um, that people use in this verse to justify. But it's basically saying there are things that are going to happen that are going to put your faith to the test and not in the sense of you, uh, of, of you becoming sick or, or you know, well, um, you know, there, that cancer, you know, God's trying to teach me a lesson. God doesn't teach through disease. God teaches through instruction. And then there are things that will happen. And by the way, we've experienced some of those things in which you are now faced with a decision. Am I going to stand on this word or am I going to allow the things of the world to destroy me? Am I going to stand on this? Am I going to live out my faith? Because our faith is very easy to live out when nothing's going on. Our, our faith is very easy to live out when there's no opposition. Our faith is very easy to live when there's nothing challenging going on. But it's something different when we actually have to decide, wow, there might be a consequence for me to go to church. Mm. 
there might be a consequence for me to go online and preach what the gospel says that's now considered hate speech. There might be a consequence for that. But I have made a decision and I've made up my mind. And that's why it says consider it pure joy. Because Jesus said, you'll be hated on account of me. They hated me. They're going to hate you as well. And it had nothing to do with sickness or I'm just, I've just been suffering in this season. No, that's not what it's talking about. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. And even in the, in the face of opposition, you're still an overcomer. Even Paul, who faced the most persecution of anyone, said in 2 Timothy that the Lord delivered me from them all. Our God is a deliverer. Verse 4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Verse 6 in, in the New King James Version says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. What the scripture is saying here is that when you ask God for something, you ask him believing that he will do it for you. How many times do we see in the Bible, God saying, I don't change. God does not lie. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he said it, he will do it. But how many times do we ask for something? And deep down, we're like, I'm not really sure how this is going to happen. Your human mind probably isn't going to be able to figure it out. But though we are in flesh bodies, we are people who are submitted to the spirit. And so we have to come to a place in our understanding where we say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work in the natural, but my God doesn't work in the natural. My work, my God works in the supernatural. And so I take my faith to pull down from the supernatural into the natural realm. And then I'm going to see it. So if you try to figure it out uh, ahead of time, I don't know how this is going to work. You're never going to figure it out that way. All you say is, I submitted this prayer to God and I believe that it's going to happen. I'm going to ask in faith with no doubting. I love what verse 5 says. If any of you lacks wisdom, you know, we talked about wisdom off the top of the broadcast with Proverbs chapter 1. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what wisdom is. It's very simple. You ask God and he'll give it to you. And any time that you ask God for something, you have to believe that you shall receive it. And I want to get into that um, for the remainder of this broadcast. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down. I called this broadcast the master key to answered prayer. But we're going to actually write down seven keys to answered prayer. And then we're going to focus in on one main one. So if you're taking notes, number one, pray to the Father. Number one, pray to the Father. John chapter 16 and verse 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. 
My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming well, I will, when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the father loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. Number one, pray to the father. You know, many people in the Bible, if you read through in the Old Testament, they addressed God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They didn't call him father because they were not yet redeemed into his family. But now through the blood of Jesus, we enter in to a new and living way where we can call God Abba, father, and he hears us. Why? Because he loves us. Highlight verse 27, know the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. When you believe in Jesus, you are welcomed into the family of God. Turn to Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight and starting at verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you receive the spirit of sonship or uh, the original translation uh, the original language says a spirit of adoption and by him we cry abba father the spirit himself testifies with our witness that we are god's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So it goes right back to the trials that we face. Why? For the sake of Christ. That the same persecutions that were faced by Jesus, by the apostles, that we share in those sufferings as well. And if we do, we share and partake in his glory because we have been made heirs with Christ. We have been adopted into the family of God. Do you know what I don't want to hear anymore? Christians who say, well, you know, um, I have to go get, um, you know, I have to go get blood work because, um, you know, I'm 45 and, um, you know, a heart disease runs in my family and, um, or, you know, um, diabetes runs in my family and, um, you know, uh, uh, my dad got sick when he was 45, so I, I, I have to... You know what? When you are in Christ and you come into the family of God, you can't say anymore, disease runs in my family because disease doesn't run in God's family. Do you want to know what runs in God's family? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Blessing runs in the family of God. So there is a vocabulary change that is necessary. Those things can stop with you. It could, it could end right here, right now. Those things don't run in my family because I'm now adopted into God's family. And we just, we parrot the things of the world all the time. But not me. It doesn't matter what happened before. You know, I'm, my family's under a generational curse. Then break it. We're no longer under a curse. 
We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So now we can call God Father. We can call him our Father because we've been adopted into his family through faith in Jesus. So that's number one. Pray to the Father. Number two, pray to the Father in Jesus' name. John chapter 14, John 14 verse 11. Believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now I want to pause there for a second. We obviously must ask according to the will of God. Because if you're asking for something that is contrary to scripture, you should not, um, you should not expect to receive it. Um, and so I want to go to number three, kind of in, in, um, in conjunction with number two. So number one, we pray to the father in Jesus name, number two, and then number three in harmony with the word. So it's not asking for things that are outside the will of God. It's not asking for things that are sinful. You know, it's, it, that's not what it is. It's asking in harmony with the word of God. John chapter 15, John 15 verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. So if you're someone who is um, in Christ, you're obeying him, you're living in obedience to him, you're living in love to him, then your desires are going to be shaped by the desires of God. He works his desires in you. And so you're not going to be able to ask for something that's contrary to the will of God because th those desires are no longer in you. That we were once slaves to sin and we were once lost and dead in our sin and dead in our flesh, but now we've been made alive with Christ. And it's interesting how it says, if you don't remain in me, you're going to get thrown into the fire. I think we all know what that means. <laughs> the, 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 uh, um, the example of fire, we know what that means. But if we're people who remain in Christ, remain in Christ, then whatever you ask, verse 7, will be given to you. So number one, pray to the Father. Number two, in Jesus' name. Number three, in harmony with the word. Number four, by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 26. 
In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because, listen to this, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. See, do you see how this all fits together? Do you see how the amazing thing that happens in accordance with God's will? So right there you see, this is even a tag off of number three, that you can't pray for something outside of God's will. You can't expect to receive it. But the Spirit intercedes for us in accordance with God's will when we pray according to God's will. Number four, we pray by the Holy Spirit. Number five, with full understanding of rights and privileges. I read earlier about how we've been adopted into the family of God. Let's, further, let's go further on that point. Galatians 3 verse 14. He redeemed us in order that a, the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So we see here that there are certain rights and privileges that come along with being adopted into the family of God. I know a lot of people don't like to hear those kind of things. You know, and they say stuff like, oh, you know, I don't want any blessing. Well, too bad, because God's a blesser. And we don't, we don't do things motivated out of a selfish desire. 100% no. But when we do things for the Lord with sincerity and pureness of heart, there is an automatic blessing that follows. Why? Because we are redeemed into the family of God. And blessing is what he does. You can't separate God from his blessing. Let's continue in Galatians 3. Go on to verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. I love that. Some people are saying um, they'll take whatever blessing others don't want. It's true. How do you think God feels? How do you think God feels? He has an open window of heaven ready to pour down. And we say stuff like, oh no, I don't want the blessing. Come on. Anyways, if you, you could look on, on previous broadcasts and I go into more detail about that. Like I said, we're not motivated by, um, oh, you know, I have a wish list of all the things I want. And we're not motivated that, by that. You know what we're motivated by? We're motivated by love for God. We're motivated by devotion to God. We're motivated by our desire to please Him, our desire to give Him glory. That's why we exist, to give glory to God. We're in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We're, we're heirs. We're adopted into the family of God. You know, anyone who um, is, is adopted or you have adopted children, you know that to you, they might as well be uh, biological because that, that's, how, that's how you see them. They're your kids. 
you know, if you're adopted, you're, they're your parents. Whether, whether there's a, a, a DNA resemblance or not, doesn't matter. They're part of the family. And that's how it is with us and God. We're part of his family now. So number, I lo- what number am I? I think I'm at four. Am I at four? No, five. Number five. With full understanding of rights and privileges. Number six. With praise and thanksgiving. One of the biggest keys to receiving from the Lord is gratitude and thanksgiving. God does not like ingratitude. God does not like people who are complainers, who are not thankful. Nothing's ever good enough. Somebody gives you something. Well, I actually, you know, they could have given me more. No, God does not. No, no, no. I would burn out that attitude if I were you. I would say, no, no, no. You 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 were talking about asking the Lord for wisdom and asking him for help. You say, Lord, if that attitude exists inside of me, burn it out of me right now in Jesus' name. Because God does not like ingratitude. God wants to hear thanks, thanksgiving, and we should be, we should be thankful just that we have breath in our lungs. We should be thankful just that we get up every morning and we have a roof over our head. If you're watching me right now, you own a device that's worth like a thousand bucks or something like that, maybe more, and you're connected to the internet. So we're blessed people. We're extremely blessed people. And so let's be people who always express that to God and never forget to be thankful. Psalm 118, Psalm 118 verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. Friends, is there joy and victory inside your tent? Is is there joy and victory inside your dwelling? Are we people who sing shouts of joy to the Lord on a daily basis? You know, we sang a new song yesterday uh, talking about that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Are we people who have, I, I want joy, I have joy and victory in my tent. We're in Psalm 118, verse 14, uh, sorry, uh, now verse 16, uh, 15. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. That's discipline. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The door that the righteous enter in to to God is the door of thanksgiving. That's how I start every prayer, really. It should have been number one, but it's, it's number six on this list. But number one, praise and thanksgiving to God. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you've provided for me. Thank you that you've given me a home, that you've given me clothes. Thank you that you've given me food on my table. I don't have any food on my table right now, but you know, in theory, right? We we have plenty of food. We can go to the grocery store and there's plenty. 
So we thank the Lord for everything that we have. Thank you, Lord, that I have a church that I get to be a part of, that I get to do life with an amazing group of brothers and sisters, that we're there for each other, that we support each other, that we spend time together in fellowship. Thank you, Lord, for a building that we don't have to sit out in the cold. You know, you know a few years ago, people are like, well, you know, we don't really need a building. Actually, we do. Um, I'm pretty sure that if we didn't have a building right now, Nobody would be leaving their house because that would mean we have to sit out in the snow. Although people do that to watch sporting events. Guys, let me tell you something. I love sports. Not that much though. If it's like snowing or raining, I'm not, I'm not going out there. Um, so the gate of the Lord is thanksgiving. So number six, prayer, uh, sorry, praise and thanksgiving. And number seven And this one is the master key to answered prayer. Number seven, in faith without doubting, which we talked about off the top in James chapter one. Turn to Mark 11. Mark 11 verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask it for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive your sin. Have faith in God. It was so straightforward for Jesus. It was not, there wasn't like a second, like, well, yeah, I know. Um, I'm telling you to have faith, but if it's really hard, um, if, if the diagnosis is really bleak, then I understand like why you might doubt. No, have faith in God and do not doubt in your heart. See, here's the thing. There's a lot of times where we say the right thing. I know what to say. I know what to say. Um, I know not to doubt. I'm not going to speak down. I'm not, and that's a great start. But in our hearts, we're still not convinced. But friends, I want to tell you something tonight. Whatever it is that you might be dealing with right now, that you need God to intervene in your situation, I am going to tell you with absolute assurance that when we follow these keys, of how we are to approach God in prayer, you can be sure, you can be sure that God will hear your cry and answer you from heaven. It's a guarantee. Turn to Matthew 17. Matthew 17 and verse 17. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. These words of Jesus, I mean, you know, there, there was a boy who was possessed by a demon. 
it w- would throw him into to convulsions and seizures. And Jesus said, bring him to me and told the demon to come out. And it came out that very moment. And then the disciples are all like, hey, you know, we believe we have faith. And Jesus rebuked them. And I'm going to tell you something. If you ever hear another Christian say to you, you have too much faith. You know, that's that hyper faith. You know, that word of faith movement. They just try to get people's hopes up and then they just leave people disappointed. That is a, 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 a veiled Christian way of saying we don't believe in the God that we serve. And so in order to justify that, we have to say all kinds of things to make sure that people don't have faith or expect anything from the Lord. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I stand on what this word says. And if God says I can have it, then I believe that I can have it. And you need to believe with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, that if God said it, then he will do it. If you have prayer requests, Write them in the, in the comments. If you want it to be like that no one else sees your name, put it in the little question box. Because um, we're going to pray to end this broadcast. And I know that there are people um, who have things they're believing for. It might not be specifically for them. It might be for somebody else. It might be for a loved one. Whatever the request is. And if you feel, you know, I, I'd rather that people don't know, that's fine. You can pray uh, wherever you are. And joy, I'm going to join my faith with you. Because I'm not going to be one of those people that say, well, you know, we don't want to, we don't have too much faith because then, um, you know, then, then if it doesn't happen, then people are going to lose their faith. You're already done. You are, you may as well not even pray because I've heard that, I've heard that my whole life. Prayers for salvation. I know that's for, I know that would be the case for quite a lot of people. Um, I've heard that my whole life. You know, you better be careful because, um, you know, if you tell people to have faith and then, and then it it doesn't work out, um, they're going to lose their faith. So you've already decided that God's not answering the prayer that you understand. You have already made up your mind. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm going to be one of those people that no matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances might be, that I'm trusting in the Lord that I'm believing in his word, that I'm believing in his promise. Excellent verse. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. That's a good answer um, to say to people who might say that. Oh, we've got some requests here for children. Health. I know that health is is obviously a big one. Um, Financial. You know, it's okay. You know, I'm going to tell you this. Oh, one more. Healing. Yeah, healing, obviously, I I, I know is, is going to be a big one. Um, you know, we talk about, about things of finances. Um, hang on, I want to write these things down before they... Surgery... Yeah, I love that. Prodigals to come home. I love that. Okay. Oh, got another one. All right. I, that's a good request. A wedding date. Praise the Lord. I, 
This is you know that 2024 is is the uh, the year of the wedding. I'm just gonna let you know. It is from for many 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 people. Um, and by the way, I just want to let you know something. That's what you if you're believing for a, a spouse, um, the Lord the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes I, I I hear people say, you know, I'm never gonna find anyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. You know, God. <laughs> God created the world in seven days with his words. You don't think he can find you a husband? I, I don't, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this. While you're waiting, I know this is kind of like going a bit off, but while you're waiting, be the absolute best person you can be. Be the best Christian you can be. Be the kind of person that other people want to marry. And they say, wow, she's the best. Man, I wish... Um, I wish I could be with someone like that. Be that person. <laughs> be, be that person. That's what I recommend. And, and you have a time while you're single. The Bible even talks about it, that you have more time to give yourself over to the things of the Lord. So don't look at it as, you know, I'm in a waiting period and, you know, my life hasn't started yet. No, your life is going. And then God will bring someone alongside you to do life with. 100%. God will give you the desires of your heart. But in the meantime, just be, become, become marriage material. I'll tell you, I didn't tell you that. Become marriage material. Become the person that everyone wishes they were with. That whenever someone gets in a fight with their spouse, they're like, why can't you be more like them? <laughs> be that person. Um, okay, more requests are coming in. Salvation. Business. Oh, one more. I love that, Steph. Be rapture material, right? Um, it's true. People are so worried about um, finding a spouse. Be the best you can be. Do, do everything you can for the Lord. Do everything you can for the Lord because that's the only thing that's going to echo in eternity. That, 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 that You need to look at it that way. You get, people are very fixated. I need to find a spouse. I need to find a spouse. Um, do everything you can for the Lord. Citizenship. Okay. Make sure I got all the requests. Oh, there's one I missed. Yeah, that's a good one too. All right, let's get to praying because uh, we finish at seven, and I want to keep it keep it respected to that. But I mean, look, if we're praying and it goes a little bit over, um, you know, that's cool. That means that um, that means the the spirit of the Lord is flowing. So I won't stop it, but I do want to get started on praying. Um, if you have any other requests, by the way, I'm, I'm probably going to pray for stuff that might cover your personal request. Um, actually, before I get to the requests, um, I do want to say, um, I want to, I want to make one request myself. If you're watching this broadcast, you know, we talked a lot about being adopted into the family of God. We talked a lot about um, becoming children of God, becoming part of God's family. If you're watching me today, and there's a lot of you watching today, and you're not saved, and you don't know what would happen if your life was to end tomorrow, you don't know where you would spend eternity. You can't honestly tell me 
That there was a point where you made a decision to believe in Jesus, to, to believe in him through faith and become part of the family of God. Well, I have good news for you. Tonight is your night. Before we get to praying for all these requests, I want to get to the most important one. And that is making sure that everybody is saved and going to heaven. Could you imagine spending all of eternity hanging out with us? Can't get any better than that. So if that's you and you're watching me and you're, or you're listening on the podcast and you're not saved and you don't know where you would end up um, if your life was to end, you have a chance tonight to become adopted into the family of God. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And so I'm going to pray a prayer and I pray a prayer because there's a lot of people who have never prayed before who don't know how to pray, who wouldn't even know what to say. And so I'm just helping you. I'm just helping you in, in making sure that you understand this request that you're presenting before the Lord to be a part of his family. And the Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So pray this prayer, say it out loud, out of your mouth, repeat it after me. Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you and not turn back. Thank you that I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message this account. We're going to get you a Bible. We want to get to know you. We want to help you. You know, when someone, Pastor Steve mentioned it yesterday, when you have a baby, you don't say, oh, cool, a baby, and then just put it in a room to fend for itself. No, absolutely not. You're a baby in Christ now, a baby in the faith. And we want to bring you along and help you to learn and grow and be part of the family of God. Um, so if you did pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God. You know, the angels rejoice in heaven when even just one soul comes to Christ. 